On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, regular customers finally have the ability to buy the new Giga Texas built Model Y 2.0, sort of. Plus, Elon Musk gives a history lesson on the early days of Tesla, another AI day is on the way, and more. friends, welcome to Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for May 22nd, 2022. It's episode 355. Daisy the Boxer with me, and uh, the boy, my week has been a little uh, unsurprisingly not great. So I had told you that Daisy pulled up limping, she seemed to get better. Well, took her in for x-rays at the recommendation of one of you, actually, a veterinarian listener who reached out and said, oh, you know, if you have any questions, let me know, and chatted with him and for a minute on, on Twitter, and he suggested getting her looked at just in case. So I did that. X-rays came back and showed damage in not just the one back leg, but both back legs. And so it looks like we are in for a double TPLO surgery, which is in short, if you're not familiar, because I'm just learning this stuff too, basically a knee reconstruction so that it's no longer relying on the Achilles tendon, which is a, you know, a basically a failure point in the leg. So it's going to be, it's going to be rough. It's more the, the recovery. The surgery is not really like dangerous or anything like that, but the recovery will be long and difficult because she's going to want to go and I'm going to have to let her to, to not let her go, to not let her be free and run around. So uh, it's going to be tough, you know, but at the same point, I'm grateful that she did show that limp a couple weeks ago because otherwise I might never have known about this until she was much older and or much more severely injured. So this way she's, I mean, she's still four years old. She turns five in a couple months. This way we can get it done. While she's young, we have youth on our side, hopefully, and she can get back to full strength, full speed, but, you know, before too long. Now, that said, a second opinion never hurts. I mean, I'm not questioning the results, but if I happen to have any veterinary orthopedic surgeons out there listening or any veterinary radiologists, feel free to email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. I have requested and received the x-ray images. I have them right here in both JPEG and uncompressed form. So if, you know, if I have any expertise out there, I'd love another opinion just to get another look at these. But in any case, uh, so that was the, the big bummer for me this week. But at least it's not like more, it's not life or death serious the way her heart situation was. All right, let's get on to talk some Tesla because that's what you're here for. It is not a Daisy podcast or a Ryan podcast. It's a Tesla podcast. Uh, although that said, I have to preface this first story with something. So I'm going to start with, we have another Elon Musk interview. He's really been making the rounds lately. This time it came on the All In Investor podcast. It's run by Angel Investor and friend of Ride the Lightning, Jason Calacanis, who I interviewed here back on episode 159. As usual, I've got a few clips for you, but you can listen to the whole thing on YouTube or your favorite podcast service. Uh, so you can either on YouTube search for 
All In Podcast, and it was episode 69. Or you can go to their Twitter page, which is uh, twitter.com slash theallinpod. So check that out if you're interested in watching the whole thing here. But before I do get started with this on the topic of Elon Musk, let me just take a moment to say one more thing here. While Elon Musk is often mentioned on this podcast, as he will be again in just a moment, it's because he's the CEO of Tesla. And that's always been the case on this podcast. When I interviewed him, I had the good fortune to get the sit down and interview him back on episode 200, which was back in 2019. If you listen to that, every single question that I asked was about the company and the cars, not about him personally. So ultimately, as I think hopefully that interview showed, I'm trying to focus this podcast on the company and the cars. It is a Tesla podcast, not an Elon Musk podcast. That said, sometimes I have felt it necessary to comment on his words and actions in the past. And lately, if you have, uh, particularly if you've been dialed into social media, there has been a lot of noise around Elon Musk lately, most of which is immaterial to at least my business of running a Tesla podcast. That said, what he has been accused of this week from a, an alleged incident back in 2016, if true, is reprehensible. I don't want to be mistaken. I, you know, I don't want to be silent here and, and not say anything for that silence to be mistaken for condoning that alleged behavior. Again, should it be proven to be true? As of now, it is one accusation from one source. But uh, what I want to say is that I have and will continue to make this a podcast about Tesla, the company with over 100,000 employees worldwide, and Tesla, their five, soon to be eight, cars. You may agree with how I choose to approach these things. You may not agree. That's up for you to decide. I know I've learned over the years of doing, of making things that are consumed by many people uh, online. I can't please everybody. That's impossible. All I can do is do the podcast the way I feel is the best way and the the right way to do it. All right. With that said, let's get to this interview. So Elon talking to Jason and the All In podcast crew. Elon was asked, uh, explain, Elon, how, just how Tesla is very different from other car companies. And this was his response. Okay. I mean, this, this question requires thought, and I'll probably be leaving out uh, quite a few things. But if you look at, say, what what does a typical uh, car company do? Uh, what what they do is they they um, they, they assemble vehicles um, and they send them to dealers and they manage the supply chain. Uh, the, the, they they might make the engine, uh, to, or typically will make the engine, but most of the parts are made by suppliers. Um, and a lot of the actual technology development is done by suppliers, and most of this, most of this vehicle software is done by suppliers. So the actual amount of uh, real work done by car companies, what you think of sort of like a GM or Ford, is not actually that much. Um, and but like so, they don't do they don't do uh, sales, they don't do service. Um, they uh, so so in the case of Tesla, for example, we we do we we, we do our own sales and service. 
uh, we don't have dealerships. Um, then uh, Tesla also has by far the biggest network of superchargers, sort of the ele electric equivalent of gas stations. So we built an entire global supercharger network, which is still the most advanced and by far the best uh, way to, to charge your car when traveling long distance or if you live in a city um, and, uh, and don't have the ability to charge your car because of street parking or, or an apartment. So the whole supercharger network, we, we developed the supercharger network. We de deployed it. I think we have... I don't know, 15,000 superchargers globally. Um, you can travel anywhere in America right now with uh, uh, the Tesla supercharger network. Um, then uh, in terms of vertical integration, uh, we uh, we make the, the, the battery pack, uh, the, the power electronics, the drive unit. Um, we... Uh, we actually make, we're, we're, we're more integrated in, in the parts. We actually make so much of the car uh, internally. Uh, we're vertically integrated, um, not necessarily because we, we think that there's, there's some religious reason to be vertically integrated, but because uh, we, the pace at which we needed to move was just much faster than the supply chain could move. And to the degree that you inherit the legacy supply chain, you inherit, inherit the legacy constraints, including their speed, uh, cost, and, uh, and technology. And then Tesla is as much a software company as it is a hardware company. So the software that runs in Tesla operates the car, operates the, the screen, uh, does the charging. Uh, all of that stuff is developed by Tesla. And um, so we have sort of a car, a Tesla OS in the car. When um, you... I, I, could, I could go on for a long time. And then very importantly, uh, Tesla has built uh, an, uh, an autopilot AI team from scratch. Uh, that is the best real world AI team on earth. Um, and if anyone else has got a better one, I'd like to see it demonstrated in a car. Um, the, the, yeah. the, the, the full self-driving beta at this point uh, uh, can uh, very often take you with zero interventions across the Bay Area from San Jose to Marin. So through, through complex traffic, it's really quite sophisticated. Um, and I invite anyone to, to join the beta or, or look at the videos of those who are in the beta. We've got like 100,000 people in the beta, so it's not tiny. And we'll be expanding that to, I don't know, probably a, a million people or a million, I don't know, so on that order uh, by the end of the year. So um, it's... Um, you had this slide. We also we also built a chip team to, because there wasn't, there wasn't hardware to, that we could run the friggin' uh, AI on, uh, we couldn't just uh, fill the trunk with a whole bunch of GPUs. Um, and, and, uh, you know, <laughs> they would, would have created a trunk full of GPUs that would have been very expensive and take massive amount of power and cooling, uh, just to, to be able to do what the Tesla designed, uh, full self-driving computer can do. So, and we started a chip team from scratch, designed it. It was the best in the world and still is the best in the world several years later. Um, and we also then developed, we were designing a, a dojo a supercomputer to be able to process the, um, all the video that's coming in from billions of miles of data, because just sort of like the way that, that it's very difficult to compete with Google because they have so much data and they have all the people doing searches all the time and, and humanity is training it. But the same is true of, of, of Tesla. You really need billions of miles, and ultimately tens of billions of miles of training data combined with a, a sort of a vast training computer and then uh, optimize uh, inference hardware in the car um, and state-of-the-art AI and training and specialized software across the board to be able to achieve a full self-driving solution. That wasn't even everything, and that's a lot. 
the sales, the service, the software, the battery packs, the drive units, the autopilot team, the FSD computer chip team, the dojo team, and let's not also forget that Tesla makes its own seats, which most car makers don't, at a seat factory just off-site from the Fremont factory just down the road. And a bunch of the little uh, parts in the car are made in-house as well as just part of vertical integration. I'll tell you, a friend of mine used to work on the thermal team at Tesla and the whole blade ventilation system that's on your dashboard for HVAC, that's, you know, now it's used across all four Teslas, that was developed in-house too. So it's pretty wild to think about how many different things Tesla does and comparing that to most other automakers. And that's the reason that Tesla's able to iterate and move so quickly and not just maintain their competitive advantage, but build on it. I mean, you heard Elon mention rapid iteration being the primary reason for that vertical integration. And by the way, that whole list, there's one big part of the business that I forgot, which the Elon then talked about here. I mean, insurance is not quite significant. Now, are you okay? I'm okay. 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 The the, the car insurance thing is a bigger deal than it may seem. A lot of people are paying, um, you know, 30, 40% as much as their lease payment for the car in in car insurance. Um, So the car insurance industry is incredibly inefficient because they're they're just, uh, first of all, you've got like so many um, sort of middle entities. You've got got from the insurance agent all the way to to the the final sort of reinsurer. There's like a half a dozen companies each taking a cut. Um, And then uh, the, the, it's all very statistical. So that there's, um, even if you're a very good driver, like you could be like, you know, 20 years old and a great driver, but they, it's all statistical. So you can't get, uh, you either can't get insurance or it's extremely expensive. Um, so, but Tesla allows for real-time insurance based on your, how you actually drive the car. Um, you can actually, if you drive the car in, in a safer way, you actually uh, have lower insurance. So ours is, is, is insurance is based on how you actually drive, not how, you know, historically people that, you know, fit your whatever demographic have drived it's and, and then you can close the loop around your uh insurance rate by simply driving better and looking at your score and 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 lowering your insurance in real time and people do it actually promotes safer driving funny enough after all the recent chatter about tesla insurance as it's been rolling out to more and more states i decided to go back into the tesla app and get another quote i had originally gotten one when it first launched here in california which was the first place it did launch And at the time, the quote was close to what I'm paying now, but not less. It was just barely over, and thus it didn't really tempt me to switch. So, okay, it's been a while. I went in again recently, and the quote that I got this time turned out to be much higher than what I'm paying now, like a good bit higher. And I'm not sure why. I had a 99 safety score before being admitted to the full self-driving beta, but I guess, I don't know, I'll check back in on it from time to time and maybe the, you know, it'll go down at some point. It's uh, insurance works, insurance prices work in mysterious ways. Of course, I recognize my anecdotal experience is just that, my own. And I know that lots of other folks have gotten great rates with it. It is really excellent to have another viable option for car insurance because competition is good. It's good for consumers. And the fact is this arm of Tesla's business is no doubt going to continue 
to grow and evolve, not just in the sense of rolling out to more and more states, but in terms of what it offers and how competitive it's priced, etc. Next up, the founding of Tesla has long been disputed between Elon Musk and Martin Eberhard. Here's Elon giving a clear explanation of his rundown of the events. Been involved when, when, when Twitter, when, when Tesla was was nothing but a piece of paper. Let, let me they, be crystal yeah. clear. No, they didn't bring me in <laughs> either. Uh, I, I was gonna start. I was gonna start a, a, an EV company yeah. with JV Strubel, and, and uh, based on the the AC propulsion T zero. Uh, yes. And when I when I asked AC propulsion if it was okay to do that. Uh, they said, well, there's also some others who want to create an EV company, but have not created one yet. Yes. Would you like to join forces with them? And I said, okay, well, we'll do that. That was a huge mistake. JB and I should have just started the car company ourselves. Instead, uh, we uh, teamed up with uh, Everhard, Toppening and Wright. Um, big mistake. Uh, the, 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 the actual moral error here was me trying to have my cake and eat it too, which is like, uh, I just want to work on the technology and the product and have someone else be the CEO and, and, and sort of run the business operations. Cause I just like working on technology and product and design. And, um, and, and also I was like doing SpaceX, uh, you know, uh, at the time and our rockets were blowing up. So it seemed like, uh, okay, this is like, I always wanted to do an electric car company. This is how I can have my cake and eat it too. Uh, that was a huge mistake and fundamentally a moral error. Um, and uh, so, so uh, in the end, I had to freaking be CEO and I didn't want to be, basically. Um, uh, so, but it's either that or a company's going to die. So, uh, so we started with, with really just nothing. And uh, the, uh, you know, the, the T0 prototype from AC propulsion, not, not, it, it, that's, the, that's the precursor to Tesla. Um, yeah. were, to be 100% clear, once again, uh, when uh, we created Tesla, I, when I when I joined, there were no, no employees, there was no intellectual property, there was no prototype, there was no nothing. If that clip sounded a little strange at a couple parts, it's because I had to cut out a couple of F words from that. So clearly Elon is very passionate about this topic. But if you've ever wondered about how Tesla got started way back in 2003, it's funny to think about just, you know, the, the Roadster, which itself is now going to be 15 years old next year. It's 14 years old now. You know, the Roadster was 2008, but Tesla was founded in 2003. They went their first five years. They did not have a uh, an actual car. They did license their their technology to a couple of folks in those early days, to Daimler and to Toyota for the RAV4 EV. But yeah, they did not have their own car for the first five years of existence. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to just hear his account of his detailed account there of how it went from nothing to something. And now look at it today. Again, over 100,000 employees one of the most valuable companies in the world, the most valuable car company in the world. It's pretty incredible. All right, here's one more clip again. Uh, check out the full episode if you're interested in hearing the whole thing, watching the whole thing. This one is recounting more early Tesla history. You may have heard the short version of this before, but here's Elon remembering a very fateful year, 2008, when Tesla was on the verge of bankruptcy as the recession was taking hold. 
I mean, that was. Yes, we were on the ragged edge of bankruptcy so many times it was ridiculous. Um, so, um, and what, 2008 was one of the worst years where basically the, you know, GM and Ford, so GM, GM and Chrysler, yeah, Chrysler went bankrupt. Uh, Ford almost went bankrupt. And, um, you know, trying to raise money for a startup electric car company in 2008 while GM is going bankrupt was uh, difficult to say the least. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, people were angry that I even asked them uh, for money. Um, <laughs> They're like, you're in hang up. <laughs> so the, the only way that, 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 that Tesla actually made it through 2008 was uh, a subset of the existing investors, um, which includes like people like Antonio Gracias and, uh, you know, um, Steve Jovetson and, 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 and a, a few other key people, Ira Aaron Price, uh, who, who I've hold a debt of gratitude to this day. Um, and and I, I put in all the money I had left and they said everything, that everything literally everything. Um, uh, I didn't even have a house. Uh, so uh, this is my ex-wife at the house. So I was like staying actually in Jeff Skull's bedroom, a spare bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and, but there was the, 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 uh, the subset of the investors would say, okay, if I put in, put in as much as I put in, so I put in everything. Um, and, and then we closed that round at 6 p.m. Uh, Christmas Eve, 2008. It was the last hour of the last day that it was possible because after that, people were like, kept breaking for the holidays and we would have bounced payroll two days after Christmas. I'll bet it's got to be a pretty cool feeling if you're one of those early investors that Elon mentioned there who believed in the company enough back then to float a bit more money so that Tesla could survive. And then what happens, Tesla goes on to become this world-changing behemoth that it is today. That's gotta make you feel good if you're one of those people. And also, no doubt, very, very rich as well. It's gonna make you feel good and it's gonna make you feel pretty rich. All right, so again, if you wanna check out the rest of the interview, it is the All In Podcast, episode number 69. Next up this week, I believe it was just on last episode, last week, where I said that it seemed like something was going to give with regard to the Texas-built standard range all-wheel drive Model Y, the one that is currently only available to Tesla employees, that it just felt like something's got to happen there soon. Well, here we go. Drive Tesla Canada reports that Tesla has begun offering existing Model Y reservation holders in Austin the option to switch to that new standard range Model Y 2.0 for faster delivery. They write, the automaker has started emailing Model Y reservation holders that live near Giga Texas to give them the option to change their order to the new configuration for faster delivery. According to a copy of the email titled, Accelerate Your Model Y Delivery, sent to a gentleman by the name of Ganesh, who lives in Austin and has a seven-seat long-range Model Y on order. Tesla says that he can switch to their, quote, latest configuration and take delivery within weeks, end quote. Uh, the email says that delivery will be, quote, one of, the ver uh, excuse me, one of the first vehicles built at Gigafactory Texas, and the offer is, quote, currently only available in the area, end quote. The email instructs him to go to his Tesla account to check for inventory where he was able to find three 2022 Model Y all-wheel drive standard range vehicles. Although they don't specify that they are the standard range model, the 279 mile range is the giveaway. 
It also looks like these orders will receive a one-year premium connectivity trial instead of the 30-day trial that is now standard on new vehicles. By the way, uh, the story, in case you're, if you're just curious, it did include screenshots from those emails from Tesla. So uh, the receipts were provided. This is real. The bottom line here, you would get your car months sooner if you're in this limited pool of people with a Model Y order in Austin. You get your car quite a bit sooner and pay a little bit less at $60,000 instead of the $63,000 that the long range starts at. But you'd get quite a bit less range, as I've talked about before, 279 miles instead of 330. So it's a 50 mile spread, which is rather significant. Now, as for why this is being limited to Austin area folks, I suspect it's, it's as simple as Tesla wanting to keep these cars close to the Giga Texas mothership in case any bugs or issues are discovered. Because this is after all, an entirely new way of building the Model Y or for that matter, it's an entirely new way of building any car, really. Uh, and it's a brand new, so it's, it's new for Tesla, it's new for the industry. You know, it's new for Tesla in the sense of not just the Giga castings, but the structural battery pack and the 4680 cells. And clearly it's new for the industry because nobody else is doing these uh, giant Giga castings. It's also brand new battery tech and a brand new battery form factor as well. So there's a lot of new going on here. And thus, if any early issues are found, they can be quickly and quietly addressed by the Giga Texas team, presumably by either sending engineers out to the customer's home or maybe having the customer bring the car to the Giga Texas factory. Here's one question I have though. How are the delivery logistics being handled? And by that, I mean, I'm referring to the Texas law that's still on the books that prevents Tesla's being sold directly to consumers in the state, thus necessitating that the car be sent over a state border out of Texas and then brought back in. If you remember the recent Texas, Texas state legislative session at the beginning of this year, which has, by the way, long since ended for another two years, they only meet every other year, the state lawmakers in Texas did not pass a Tesla-friendly bill to end that anachronistic policy, despite the fact that Tesla is bringing not, you know, not a few, but thousands of jobs and a lot of revenue to the state as well. So uh, does, does Tesla have to put all of these Model Y 2.0s on a car carrier, send them to the closest state line, have them cross that state line, turn around and head back? Like, is it literally that silly? Is, it, is that what has to happen? I'm not sure, but regardless, I really am thrilled to see regular customers finally getting their hands on the new Model Y 2.0. Coming up soon. I mean, it's, it's, we still we don't have any confirmed deliveries other than, of course, the, the employees who took delivery uh, starting at the Giga Texas Grand Opening, but it will be in some number of weeks from now. You know, much, we're much closer. I mean, maybe it's one week, maybe it's two weeks. I mean, if these cars are built and in inventory, that means they exist and presumably delivery can't be too far away. Uh, but again, those we do know there are 2.0 cars already on the road. 
the 4680 cell is out there, but just in the hands of Tesla employees for a bit longer. And you know, no disrespect to the Tesla employees who are driving those cars, but it is, it is a very, it is a different thing when a regular customer with no formal ties to the company has their hands on those cars. Very, very exciting here. Love it. Speaking of product availability, there are unfortunately this week a lot of very frustrated people out there with orders for the new long range Model X. I will let Robert from Texas explain in this phone call. Hey Ryan, it's Robert from Texas. Uh, Not a question, but probably a piece of news that you've already received. I just got noticed today that my Tesla Model X long range order has been delayed again uh, to December this year to April 2023. And I placed that order last May 2021. So um, another seven to 10 months or whatever uh, delay. Um, I'm a, I'm a diehard Tesla fan and uh, customer. So I'll just have to wait a little bit disappointing, but um, I wish there was a way they could accelerate the assembly of the new model X. Thanks. I love your podcast. Bye. Robert, I feel terrible for you. I really do. I mean, from what I can gather from the Tesla community this past week, a lot of people who have orders for the long range Model X specifically, and perhaps everyone, I can't be sure though, but a lot of folks with long range X orders had their orders pushed way back, their delivery estimates, I should say. I'm talking by six plus months, as Robert, you noted with yours too. My friend Kim, from the It's Kim Java YouTube channel, uh, Eric from Tesla Inventory, and I saw posts from just many, many, many other folks in the same boat that had the same thing happen to them. So if Elon and Tesla were serious about temporarily halting orders on certain Tesla models with long wait times, they should probably start with the long range X since the plaids are obviously getting prioritized and the long ranges are still a long way out, unfortunately. In happier news though, we are getting a sequel to one of last year's big Tesla events. Elon took to Twitter this week to announce, quote, Tesla AI day number two on August 19th. So many cool updates. And he punctuates it with an exclamation mark. Well, we had autonomy day in 2019, Battery Day in 2020, and AI Day in 2021, AI Day number one. The streak now continues for at least another year, which only leads me to wonder, what are we going to get next year? I would have to guess maybe Robot Day, maybe Robo Taxi Day next year. But anyway, the, <laughs> the immediate conversation around this is to stop to look ahead to this year rather than next year. The immediate conversation here became this, centered around this question. Will Tesla show a working prototype of Optimus, aka the Tesla bot? I am of the opinion that it might be too early for that. And yes, I do realize Elon did say that they hope to maybe have the first version of it on sale next year. But as of yet, we have not seen or even heard about any working version of it yet. You'd have to think... 
for a project that Elon is clearly this excited about and this bullish on, he'd be tweeting about it. He'd be tweeting about what it's doing, what, you know, what they're testing it with. And I would have to think we, he is not going to stay super quiet on it. He's going to be sharing that excitement on Twitter. So, uh, I, I just, that's where my thinking comes from. But we also know that the full self-driving software that's going to serve as the brain of this thing is not yet finished. It's making progress, but not done. I suspect that at this AI day number two, we will hear more about the next phases of this real world AI that Tesla's building to power FSD that Elon has talked up quite a bit, including the Tesla bot. I mean, I'm sure it will be mentioned. It will be part of the presentation, as will, I have to imagine, the dedicated robo-taxi vehicle that we learned about on the earnings call not too long ago. This should be a fun event, both as a Tesla fan and for Tesla themselves, it'll probably be, as it was last year, a good recruiting event as well. Finally this week, Panasonic says that Tesla has asked them to speed up development of their 4680 batteries. This story comes via InsideEVs.com, so a tip of the cap to them. And they write, Panasonic CFO Hirokazu Umeda revealed that Tesla has asked Panasonic to speed up the development of the new 4680 cylindrical battery cells. According to Bloomberg, Panasonic notes strong demand for the 2170 type cells as well. Those, of course, are produced at the Gigafactory in Nevada for both the Model 3 and the Model Y. Umeda-san, the chief financial officer again, said, quote, We can't say more than what has been released, but we are getting many requests. We are seeing continued strong demand from Tesla for 2170 batteries, but also for faster development on the 4680, end quote. Well, this should come as zero surprise if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time. This has been a, a big topic lately. But I mention it here because at least to me, it's I just find this encouraging to hear as a Tesla fan that, hey, Tesla's not just working super hard themselves. They're pushing all of their partners and suppliers to, uh, you know, to get a move on as well. I mean, as I've said a number of times before, I personally believe that the 4680 cells above anything else are the single biggest key to the next decade of Tesla's growth and prosperity, and thus also to their mission. So to hear that Panasonic continues to be a strong partner who's putting its foot on the accelerator in order to get more 4680s into production faster, that is a very reassuring thing to me as a Tesla fan and probably is to Tesla investors as well. On a related note, I wonder if the 4680s are going to be made at Giga Nevada, where Panasonic is Tesla's equal partner, if you weren't aware, on that facility. I mean, presumably, yes, because why wouldn't they? But I suppose the only reason to even second guess that uh, question that I posed to myself aloud at all is because tons of, of 2170s for the high volume vehicles are already made at Giga uh, Nevada, as well as the 18650s for the S and the X too. That said, we know there's there should be plenty of room to expand at Giga Nevada and put in a, at least one 4680 battery line. 
So there's probably no reason to believe, or no reason not to believe, that the 4680s won't be spun up there as well. I mean, if so, if that is indeed what comes to fruition, you'd have 4680s being made in Reno, Fremont, Austin, and soon Berlin. And on top of that, Panasonic has already publicly stated their intention to build a new battery factory here in the United States as well, which would no doubt also make more cells for Tesla and potentially other automakers too. Although Tesla has such a great relationship for such a long time with Panasonic. And on top of that, Tesla's made it explicitly clear that they will buy every battery cell that they can get their hands on from anyone, particularly given Tesla's aforementioned and oft-mentioned goal of 10Xing their vehicle output by the end of the decade. That's why I believe the 4680s are so are the crucial part of, of the next decade for Tesla. It's, you know, obviously autonomy, FSD is huge, but to get to 20 million vehicles per year, you just need a whole heck of a lot more cells, and the 4680s are the key to that. That is everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week, but stay tuned in just a moment. I've got the Ride the Lightning hotline ready to go. A bunch of your excellent phone calls teed up right after this. Real quick, before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline, this would normally be the spot in the show, we call it a mid-roll ad, where I would talk about the occasional sponsor of the podcast, like Wholesome Bakery back at the holidays. But not not this time. Uh, This this business I'm going to mention didn't pay me anything. In fact, I actually haven't heard back from them yet when I emailed them with a couple of questions to see how I could help. But I love this business so much, I want to try and give back to them for giving me, over the years, uh, somebody who is allergic to dairy, cannot eat dairy, they've given me so many wonderful vegan donuts over the years. And the, the business is called Donut Farm, which is an amazing name for a business. Their website is vegandonut.farm. And they posted this message on Instagram this week where I followed them. They said, we are seeking community support. Food businesses like ours have been hit hard by the pandemic. We've survived thus far, but we're hanging by a thread. What we need is for you to buy donuts. Come by and get one or two. Get a half dozen or whatever you need. Watch out for our Patreon where fans nationwide can support us and even get donuts shipped. Thank you for supporting us, and we look forward to bagging up or boxing up your order. Love, Josh, and everyone at Donut Farm. So, just real quick, I I don't remember how I found this place, but I would put their donuts for real up against any dairy-based donut. They're incredible. They're all vegan. They're all totally organic. So they're about as good for you as donuts can possibly be. They have a million different flavors. And I guess for right now, I'm just talking to my San Francisco Bay Area listeners. When their Patreon goes up and when they start shipping nationwide, I will mention them one more time. But for now, I, I know I have a lot of you in the greater San Francisco Bay Area if you happen to be, they have two locations. They're in the Ferry Building in San, in San Francisco, or they've got a spot in Oakland over near Berkeley. Uh, check them out. Just go to the website, vegandonut.farm. 
you can, you don't actually, you don't have to go. You can door dash them to yourself. You can order them that way. They are amazing. Just like I, I told you, I wouldn't steer you wrong with Wholesome Bakery. And I got so many notes from you that, that did place orders with Wholesome Bakery and said, yeah, this was great. Thank you so much. Uh, I would not steer you wrong with Donut Farm either. Maybe order some for your office and expense it. Just have them door dash to your office for you Bay Area folks. So let's help keep this amazing vegan and organic business going. I'm actually, I'm recording on Friday night as usual. I'm going, I'm going to get a dozen tomorrow morning. That's, I'm going to go, just go over, get them, bring them back and just work on them for a few days. My daughter loves them too. So uh, just a little, little love and support for Donut Farm. All right, Ride the Lightning Hotline time. Your questions, your comments, your discussion topics about everything pertaining to the world of Tesla. If you would like to participate, I welcome you, I invite you, I love hearing from you. I think your voices add a lot of awesomeness to this podcast. So if you'd like to call in, you can do so in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and record your question and then uh, email it to me at the email address teslapodcast at gmail.com. Please try to keep your call to 90 seconds or less. Uh, I respectfully ask so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. Alternatively, you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the actual Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll-free number that you can dial anytime, day or night, is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Kicking it off with Stefan from Monterey. Hey, Ryan, it's Stefan from Monterey. About your story regarding Tesla possibly putting their reservations on hold because the queue is so long, Hmm, I'm thinking they might actually do it, and that has to do with price increases. If if they have an entire queue of people waiting upwards of a year or more with a locked-in price, a lower price, they can't implement price increases on those people, and yet they have to deliver those cars at a later date when it costs them more. So they don't want to have a long line of people waiting for cars at a lower price when there's a big demand still for their automobiles and they could raise the price on those people, it doesn't seem to be affecting the demand very much. So I don't know that that could very well be, I don't want to be that cynical, but they might be thinking about the bottom line, which is what, what they're supposed to do anyway. Thank you. Bye. Stefan, I always appreciate your calls and you are right on the money on this one. Great point here, particularly after what we heard on the earnings call recently about price increases being made as a way to forecast what Tesla's costs are going to be in a year from now when today's orders are finally ready to be delivered. Your point is so good that I wish I'd made it myself when I first talked about it last week. This is why the hotline section of the show is so great. So great point again. Thank you so much for calling in. Going next to Trent from Atlanta. Hi, Ryan. It's Trent from North Atlanta area. I just wanted to uh, touch base with you about your cracked windshield. I 
federal DOT regulations require that any vehicles on the road protect their load and keep the load particles from striking other vehicles. So if you use your sentry recording from your Tesla Model 3 and find out who the vehicle that was dropping the rocks belonged to, you can contact them and file a claim against them for your windshield. Hopefully get some money back to help you with that uh, reparations there. Hope this finds you well. Love your podcast and give Daisy a big hug for me. Thanks. Trent, thank you very much for the call, and I very much appreciate this suggestion. I will tell you that it did cross my mind, but unfortunately the way it played out was that the rock hit me when I was way, way behind the street sweeper. In fact, I, I didn't even realize that that's where the rocks were coming from until a few minutes later when I had caught up to and noticed that vehicle uh, way further up, up the road. As such, I don't think I could ever prove that it came off that street sweeper, even with the footage. Heck, I think I'd have a flimsier case than when I blew out both of my passenger side tires on a monster pair of potholes on the freeway. I had the sentry mode footage to clearly prove it, showing the blowout, and my claim to Caltrans, which is the freeway authority here in the state of California, was somehow denied anyway. So if I couldn't get reimbursed for that one, I can't imagine I would have much of a chance trying to get whatever company that was to reimburse me for the windshield. But I wanted to play your call, not only to acknowledge your kind suggestion and to thank you for it, but to let it serve as advice to other listeners who might suffer the same windshield fate that maybe those people will be able to more clearly show what happened and get the license plate of whatever spilled the rocks onto the roadway through your sentry mode and have a better case than I would here. So Trent, thank you very much for that. Next up on the topic of windshield still, here's AJ from Vancouver with a very unique windshield story that I'm hoping also might serve uh, as, as a PSA, something to watch out for, for other people like me, should we find ourselves in the same situation. Fine, how's it going? This is AJ calling from Vancouver, BC. I'd like to share a quick story and add to previous week's fantastic pro tip. Um, I needed to get my windshield replaced, so I reached out to Tesla and they advised me to contact a third-party glass replacement place due to insurance reasons. So I got my windshield replaced. On my drive home, I noticed something odd. HVAC was only blowing air to the windshield. And after a couple of hours on my mobile app, I noticed the internal temperature was reading some high numbers when it was uh, November. Uh, so it was really cold outside. Um, so I contacted uh, Tesla Service. Uh, they uh, advised me to do some troubleshooting. We did soft reboot, hard reboot, but nothing helped. At that point, they wanted to send out a mobile tech. Uh, they want to replace a few sensors uh, on my cost uh, since uh, windshield was replaced by a third party. After reading some uh, forums online, I was able to find few people who had similar experience and um, they were able to fix their problem just by updating the software. So I reached out to Tesla Service again and I kindly asked them to re-push uh, the current firmware back to my car and just like that, after updating the car, all the issues were gone. H HVAC was back to normal. Uh, all the sensors were reading the correct number. And it's been a couple of months now, and I never had that issue. 
Um, so I hope this helps someone who's in a similar situation. And uh, thanks for everything you do. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, AJ. I'm not quite sure how the heck it ended up being out of whack after a windshield replacement, but I'm glad you got it fixed, and hopefully Tesla will be able to help the next person who encounters this, since you really did all of the diagnostic work on this one, and I know as somebody who's about to get their windshield replaced this week, if all goes well, uh, to keep an eye out for something like this as well. Thanks again. Sean from Washington, D.C. is up next. Hi, Ryan. This is Sean in Washington, D.C., a longtime listener. You mentioned many categories of EV trucks today that are on the market, but there's many categories that are not being developed yet or announced yet, period. I'm a beekeeper, and I need a good-sized bed, and I don't need a four-door truck. I need a two-door truck. I think most working people that use a truck really don't need the second row unless they're using it as a family vehicle, period. Someone needs to announce something similar to the Chevy Colorado or Ford Ranger that only has one row of seats and has a long bed for people that need to work with their truck. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for your call, Sean. You are absolutely right, of course. And as I talked about a couple episodes ago, with Tesla's goal of making 20 million cars per year by the end of the decade, they're going to need to break into a lot more vehicle categories. A smaller single row cab pickup like you're describing certainly has got to count as one of the front runners of what Tesla should be considering. I imagine that the crew cabs have been the first to market, not just with Tesla, with the Cybertruck, but with everybody else, because that must be the biggest potential market for any company that's investing billions of dollars into a new EV pickup truck platform. But yes, perhaps the Wolverine, which is the nickname that had been given to a potential smaller version of the Cybertruck that could be sold outside of North America, that could be what you are after. It probably won't happen anytime soon, but hopefully it's a reality sometime before this decade is out. One more call this week. It's from Andres in Miami, talking Model S and Model X. Hi, Ryan. It's Andres from Miami. Wanted to ask a question regarding the Model S and the Model X. I'm expecting my Model X this September. I'm really looking forward to it. It's been about a year since I placed the order. Anyhow, the question I have is regarding the rear entertainment screen, do you know if they are coming out with a Bluetooth patch so that way the people that are sitting in the back can watch, whether it's YouTube or Disney Channel or what have you, with their own Bluetooth headphones versus the sound automatically coming out of the speakers in the car? I would imagine that was the intention when it was first designed. But I'm not able to find anything out there um, that can tell me for sure whether or not that is coming. If it's at all possible, any of the listeners out there, if you know, or, or even if you know, Ryan, that would be very helpful once again. Uh, I appreciate all you do. Uh, great podcast and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you. Andres, first of all, congratulations on the upcoming Model X. 
You did send this call in the beginning of the week. I wonder if since you sent it in, if you got stuck in that big group of delays that I was talking about earlier in the show. I hope you didn't, but, ugh, man. I just, it's so, it's so unfortunate for everybody that's trying to get their hands on a Model X right now. But, Andres, regardless, I hope that you're able to get your X soon. Uh, now, to answer your question, I have to say I'm not 100% sure of the status of it now. And so I'm going to invite any owners of the new S or X to correct me if I'm wrong here. But to the best of my knowledge, that feature is not currently enabled. You're absolutely right that it was promised, though. When that redesigned interior was first revealed, gosh, early last year, almost a year and a half ago at this point, independent four-person Bluetooth was mentioned. So unless that plan has changed, yes, in time, you should be able to have your second row occupants watch something on the third screen in the second row while the front row passengers are able to listen to something else. In fact, I believe that currently the second row screen can't have Netflix or another app running while the car is in drive. Again, any new SRX owners can correct me on that if need be. But the good news, Andres, is that that functionality is all coming. Hopefully by the time you take delivery of your new X, it will all be there for you. Thanks again and thanks to everyone who took the time to call in. I'll get to some more Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls next week. But if you'd like to be a part of the show, I welcome you, I invite you, I gave you the call-in instructions for that at the top of this segment, so refer back there. But I'm not quite done yet. I'll give you an update on my broken windshield, I'll give you a pro tip of the week, and more coming up right after this. quick update on my broken windshield. I uh, went through my insurance company. I did have a couple people email me and say, don't do that because it might count against your, it might count as like an accident basically. And thankfully I called my insurance company without telling them that I had a broken windshield. Checked, everything's fine. It's It won't count against me. It's no fault. So all good. Uh, my deductible's 500. Everybody, you know, some people more, some people less, but for me, 500. That's what it's going to cost me. And it was actually pretty easy. I uh, just had to make a couple of phone calls to State Farm. Uh, I told them I wanted to use Tesla and not a third party, and they were totally fine with that. And I so I just made an appointment on the Tesla app, which the soonest I could get was at uh, not my usual service center. My, my usual two that I, I, I like to use are booked up for weeks, which is uh, not great on its own, really. But I, I found one just, just across the way, uh, just over in, on the Oakland side of things here in the San Francisco Bay Area. So quick hop, skip, and a jump over the Bay Bridge. That'll be happening later this coming week. Unless I get a message from Tesla saying, whoops, sorry, we don't have windshields, which I've had that happen to me before, where I've had an appointment, and then they've said, oh, wait, sorry, we can't, can't do that appointment because we don't have what you need. Haven't heard anything yet, so hopefully I'm good, but... Uh, I'm not going to count that chicken until it hatches later this week. So, you know, it's a $500 rock that hit me, basically, that hit my windshield at the end of the day. Uh, We'll see what happens. But fingers crossed that I will have a new, properly installed windshield by the time I record next week's podcast. Hey, a quick entertainment recommendation for you. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I really wanted to love Star Trek Picard, 
both seasons, I went in very optimistic because Picard's my favorite Star Trek character. I love Sir Patrick Stewart. I think he's amazing. Both seasons just completely flamed out on the landing, if you ask me. So I did not end up enjoying, I I did not end up thinking Star Trek Picard was very good. But after three episodes, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is excellent. If you like Star Trek, this seems to be much more in the classic Star Trek vein. It's a prequel to the original series, so it's set aboard the original Enterprise uh, with Captain Pike and old school crew. There's some familiar faces. It's I think it's excellent, so check that out on Paramount Plus if that is of interest to you. Now, a pro tip of the week. Here's Andy from Orangeburg, New York. Hi, Ryan. This is Andy calling from Orangeburg, New York. I have a public service announcement for anyone who purchased a wall connector recently. As you know, the price here in the U.S. was re- reduced to $495 and recently dropped to $400. Well, Tesla store has a 30-day return policy on most items, but the wall connector is 60 days. I purchased mine the day dropped to 495 I was still within a 60-day window and uh, actually went online, reached out to customer support, and I requested a price adjustment and received a credit within two days. So uh, no need to return, uh, deal with shipping, uninstalling, and potential 15% restocking fee. So hope that helps. Uh, Thanks for a great podcast. Andy, I'm going to go ahead and call this a pro tip, even though I think you were very fair in labeling it a public service announcement. I think it's great information for anybody that's purchased one recently. Thank you very much for sharing that. I appreciate it. And if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow owners and enthusiasts, please call in. You can just dial in the same way that you dial in to the regular Ride the Lightning Hotline and I will parse that over into my pro tip of the week bucket for future use on, a, on an upcoming episode. All right, before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast that can hopefully help you out. Starting with abstractocean.com, they've got a million excellent aftermarket accessories for all four Tesla vehicles that are currently in production. They've got the tempered glass screen protectors, fourth generation on that. They've got the uh, rear footwell lighting kit, a lot of other interior uh, accent lighting kits. They've got center console vinyl wraps, as well as ones for the window switches, particularly for the the older Teslas like mine, the older threes and Ys. Just browse around. Just go to abstractocean.com and select your car from the, the top of the screen there, the navigation menu, and just see what they've got. And whatever you like, pile it into your cart, and at checkout, use the coupon code RTL Podcast to get 15% off of your first order. There's no space in that, just RTL Podcast, all one word, for that 15% discount. And thank you very much to Abstract Ocean for continuing to be generous to my listeners and offering that discount. Uh, how about the Snap Plate, which you can get again for all four Teslas currently in production at everyamp.com slash RTL. That is the front license plate bracket for people that don't want to have to have one on there, but legally do. This is the one you want to use. It snaps on and off in seconds. It's paint safe, grill safe, 
radiator safe, autopilot safe, nice clean minimal design, blends really nicely with the front end of the car, and it leaves no unsightly hardware behind when it's removed, which maybe you wanna take it off for a car show, maybe you wanna take it off while you're cleaning, detailing your car, whatever the reason, uh, get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. And then budget safe solar. If you are looking to jump into solar, there are currently in the United States uh, federal rebates, federal, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Incentives, that's it, that are going to step down year on year. So uh, my wife and I have actually been talking about it ourselves. We're thinking, all right, do we, maybe we should start looking at this because uh, our utility provider here, PG&E, uh, the rates keep going up and up and up. If, if some of you new, if, you, if some of you saw my electricity rate, you'd, you'd probably, your jaw would drop because it's, it's ridiculous. Like my lowest rate, my overnight rate on the EV rate plan, I think it's up to 14 cents now. Maybe it might even be higher. I'd have to check again. Anyway, maybe you want to go solar. Uh, and you're probably going to look at Tesla solar as I'm sure. I mean, I would too, but why not also reach out to budgetsafesolar.com? Because uh, these guys know solar. They're headed by a friend of the pod. Listener actually had reached out to me. This was set up just somebody listening and said, hey, I've got this business. They're basically like a real estate broker, but for solar. So they're going to, you contact them. You go to budgetsafesolar.com. They're going to work with you to figure out what your project needs are, what your energy needs are, and they're gonna just try and get you the best fit with the best installation. That's their that's their goal. Their motto is capping tomorrow's energy costs today. So uh, if you are interested in that, or and or if you are interested in joining the solar field, you can also do that on their website. So again, it's budgetsafesolar.com. And if you are gonna move ahead with an installation for your home or business, I humbly ask you to please use the referral code RTL. Please uh, don't forget that. Immaculate Reflections, meanwhile, has taken such wonderful care of my car over the f almost four years that I've had it. I'm proud to say it still looks as good as new, if not better, thanks to the very talented efforts of Immaculate Reflections. Maybe you want to do paint correction, get that finish looking as good as it possibly can. Maybe you want to do some paint protection film on some or all of the car. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years. Any of that, all of that, go to irdetailing.com. And when you reach out through that website, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there'll be a nice little discount waiting for you if you do book work with Immaculate Reflections. PureTesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. The 128 gigabyte kit, micro SD based, designed for the constant reading and writing and reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode do. I've got one in my car. It's 49 bucks shipped free in the US. Pretty good deal there. There's also a 256 gig for 69 if you'd uh, rather step up and have a, a, a beefier drive on that. But get yours at puretesla.com slash RTL. Comes fully formatted, just straight out of the package, right into your car. Couldn't be easier. Check that out. They also have those uh, wireless game controllers too. If you do a lot of gaming in the car, maybe you spend time at superchargers or waiting for your kid to come out of a you know extracurricular 
activity every week, karate practice, sports practice of some kind. Get those wireless game controllers from puretesla.com slash RTL as well. And then Jada. Jada's got the Jada USB hub console for the newer Model 3s and Model Ys with the newer center console design. It's a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple Watch charger, and AirPod charger all in one. There's that. There's the Jada Tray, which is a drop-in, no tools required, tech-focused center console organizer. There's the wireless charging pad for older Model 3s like mine. So they've got a, a nice little lineup of products. I've got a coupon code for you if you want to buy any of them. Uh, here's a discount. RTL. That's the coupon code to use. All I ask in return is that you use my referral link to go there and buy those products with that coupon code. And that referral link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada there is spelled J-E-D-A. Finally, the Patreon, as I've uh, been talking about the last couple weeks, I've got the sixth anniversary of the Patreon coming up soon. And, and a little later this summer, the seventh anniversary of the podcast itself. Pretty crazy. I've got, like I said, I've got a couple new ideas coming. So uh, I'll, be, I'll talk about those here in just another, I think maybe two episodes from now. But don't let that stop you because, you know, you're gonna, any, anybody's going to be grandfathered into anything new that I do. So uh, you can go to my Patreon if you'd like to support the podcast, as I hope at some point you'll feel like I've earned your support. You can find my Patreon page with all of that information at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Support tiers start at just five bucks a month, uh, or you can do it as an annual thing too. Just pay once for a year of support, and that comes with a a 5% discount if you do it the annual way. But again, five bucks a month, and that will get you early access to each week's episode. Then there are higher tiers with more perks, and they all stack. So the higher you go, the more perks and things you get. And hopefully you will find those beneficial and useful and enjoyable. And uh, you can support the podcast, which again, I would be humbled and grateful if you chose to do. You can get this podcast on any of the major podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. Those two are built in natively into your Tesla. I'm also on YouTube, just in audio only format. But if you do like to, if you just have a YouTube tab open all day, and want to listen that way, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you'll see my channel pull up and you can subscribe right there for no cost, of course. And uh, what? Uh, My email address, teslapodcast at gmail.com. My social media handles, it's the same on both Twitter and Instagram, DMC underscore Ryan. Twitter is a lot of video game stuff for my day job with the occasional Tesla bit mixed in. My Instagram is all Tesla all the time. So again, DMC underscore Ryan, if you care to follow me on either of those. And with that, let me say hello and thank you to the higher tier Patreon backers who, as part of their bonus, get a shout out and a thank you each and every week. Let me start with the plaid tier. And they are George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, 
Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Rick Dean, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. At the Maximum Plaid tier, a sincere thank you goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, John Schmidt, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, John Cody, Aaron, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, Zach Schwartz, KB, Matt Asbury, and We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, Hawaii. Finally, the Roadster in Space tier backers. A super thanks goes out to them. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, and Tesla Hitchhiker 42. A huge thanks to all of you for listening to the podcast each and every week. An extra big thanks to all of you kind enough to support me on Patreon at any of the tiers. I sincerely appreciate that. You are making a wonderful, positive difference in the life of me and my family. I'm grateful to have pet insurance for Daisy for this uh, big double surgery coming up. Still going to be some out of pocket. I, I have no, no, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I, I'm not fooling myself there. I know that's coming, but thank goodness that I've had the pet insurance. Boy, it's really come in handy with this, this dog. And, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been happy with my pet insurance company. They've, I did my, I learned a lot from the pet insurance last time with Maggie of what was good and what, you know, what worked and what didn't did a little more research been very happy with this pet insurance company that I'm using with Daisy. Uh, anyway, that will wrap it up for Ride the Lightning episode 355 for Daisy the Boxer, who uh, she's going to get a couple weeks. I've got a business trip coming up, so I'm, I'm not going to do the surgery like tomorrow. Thankfully, she doesn't seem like she's in pain because, uh, yeah, she's going to need very close monitoring all the time in the aftermath of this thing, uh, but you know, as, as those knees heal. So, uh, it's, it's a few weeks out, but it, it'll be here before we know it. Keep her in your, in your positive thoughts if you can. And so with that, I wish you all happy electric motoring and I will see you back here as always next Sunday at 9am Eastern 6am Pacific. I mean, I think a Tesla 
is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. 